Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. Well, it's been a little bit of a wild ride. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So Wild. Wild. Okay. Um, I, I started the new job, or I thought I started the new job, and um, I, uh, uh, it was over like the Thanksgiving week yeah. is when things really started moving in the, in the new job, and uh, I, I've kept the old job as per diem, but I kept allowing space for the new job to like schedule me and yeah. and that took some time so i ended up with some time off which was really really good it ended up being really amazing um i didn't realize i needed it but i needed yeah. it you know Apparently, yeah yeah and then and then i got sick oh shit yeah uh and we not we i ended up um i ended up with an infection in my lip and an exorbitant amount of pain um, I wow. went, I went to go see, uh, like urgent care or whatever. Yeah. And, um, like a non-emergency room doctor yeah. type thing. Yeah. 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 So I went to go see them on day one and they're like, okay, try this cream and we'll give you an antibiotic. Um, because I do have, you know, a history of, of infections like in my eye. Oh yeah. Area. With your eye, you had the patch for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it had gotten really bad, the cellulitis. So she gave me the antibiotic and she said, we're just going to try it with the cream. She's like, if it gets worse, you know, within the next 24 hours, she's like, start the antibiotic immediately. Yeah. So um, it got worse uh, that night and I started the antibiotic. I went back and um, they had taken a culture and it had just come back. It was still not done growing, basically. So it had come back. The staff had come back. Okay. Um, So they knew it was staff. Oh, the staff infection. Staff infection. Not like the staff at the doctor's office. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, all, yeah. Right. I get you. all right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. All so, right. so they thought that whatever this was in your mouth was a, or your lip was a staff infection. Was a staff infection, yeah. Okay. So I They was, knew that, they, or they just thought that that's what it was. Well, they knew that at that point in time. Okay. But all the right. culture hadn't finished, so, um, because they were, they were testing for yeah. something more, you know, okay. to see what yeah. else might be there. And, um... So that was like a Friday, and then uh, I had seen the same doctor both days, luckily, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, she said... Especially you know, at a place like that. Right. Yeah. I know that doesn't usually happen. And uh, then she said she was going to be at another location the next day on the on the, on the the Saturday. Oh, and... she told you how to follow her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, well, and she's, she was really good because she was like, yeah. you know, she's like, 
you know, you can go see anybody. She's a bit. I've seen it now, and yeah. and and I know what you're going through. So like, yeah. if that's really cool, yeah, that she told you, like, yeah, that's that's cool. It was. I thought that was really really interesting and really nice. So, um, she ended up calling me on the Sunday and saying, "Okay, it's come back as MRSA." So she ordered me another antibiotic. Yeah, and it. It got worse still, even with the other antibiotics. I was going to say, you're in pain throughout this whole thing. Oh, right? my God. Like... So you've had bad teeth. You oh, know. Yeah. 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 So you yeah. you know that pain that, you know, like yeah. that, that nerve pain that you can't, there's like almost nothing you can do with it. Yeah. It was like that, but every single one of my teeth, oh. because it, the the swelling was so bad and because of where it was, it it pressed up against all those nerves ouch so my entire upper jaw and lower jaw were just like yeah. constant pain so i was i was um you know taking two different pain medications two hours of, you know alternating them every four hours but you know two every two hours yeah. i was taking a medication and i was but just over the counter stuff yeah or? just over yeah. the counter stuff okay. and i was trying to sleep and i'd sleep for like an hour 45 minutes two hours and i'd wake up in massive pain i take more pain medication wow. um and then because of my family history and like i thought this was common knowledge right so like it's always funny how things like that work so in my family we grew up very old school and so it was very common for if like a baby was teething or so on and so forth to rub a, like a little bit of whiskey or brandy on the gums yeah 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 to kind of numb it and uh we know now that that's not what you're supposed to do yeah. but you know yeah. <laughs> that's that's not yeah. a thing that's like a cliche thing at this point right yeah but i did i mean i i i don't drink anymore but i do have quite a bit of alcohol here You're an adult yeah exactly yeah. yeah and so i would i would swish some some whiskey around my gums and yeah. that would offer some temporary relief while i was waiting for stuff to get going no different than listerine <laughs> anyone that uses listerine for the same purpose you have nothing to say it's just alcohol blue and gross taste right exactly so <laughs> so i did that for a little while um and then i got it like i said it started getting really bad and started spreading a little bit so i went to the emergency room and uh, ended up in the hospital they ended up having oh you got admitted i got admitted yeah wow um well good for you because that i mean something had to be done yeah so <sighs> i don't want to go into jesus MRSA and a lip and and your teeth feeling like they're oh in pain. God. I I can't even imagine how much discomfort you were in. Yeah, and so you know, I I work with people. I I have worked with people that have chronic pain, mm -hmm. and I conceptually understand. Yeah chronic pain and i i've i've had like you know a kidney stone or whatever so like you know you, you deal with some level of pain on a regular basis but this was unlike anything i had ever had yeah. to deal with before it doesn't go away it doesn't go away and even you know even with the medications i was taking the over-counter medications it was yeah. dulling it but it never stopped yeah and when i went into the emergency room like quite literally as I walked in and they were taking my information, the computers went down <laughs> and oh, Jesus. A it, hospital without computers. Well, you know, I they probably couldn't even give you pain medication because the pain medication is locked up via a computerized system. R right. Well, I, I don't know exactly why, but, yeah. but or how that I mean, happened. there's keys to that stuff, but it's usually like 
one person who is very like high in the chain has the key to get into that. Is that is that what I I don't yeah, know how because it works. if not the computer what what you do is you put in your your client's medication. Yeah, and then it, almost every I I don't think there's a hospital that doesn't do this at this point. Any kind of opiate you put in your information. Yeah, and then you usually have to wait a certain amount of time, and then it pops out of a drawer. And yep. it's all computerized. Oh my gosh. And just that dose. So I mean the they make it so that people cannot steal oh opiates. Oh my gosh. And they use computers to do that. Well, so that explains a lot, because I get in there and it's like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they start me on a bag of, of IV of um IV antibiotics. Yeah. Um and that was good. And then that took about a half an hour and I said, Hey, um I've been trying to, to deal with my pain this way so i need like a couple of tylenol or a couple of ibuprofen something yeah. to you know t because that they should have had access to my pain is getting better no yeah. so they said yeah absolutely you know and then an hour went by and the pain is getting Oof. far worse and Oof. uh i talked to the nurse again i said i need them and they're like yep okay we'll get that for you and another hour went by and we're now at like a seven eight in there and oh my god creeping up into the nines and spiking and i'm like holy shit and then the hospitalist comes in and so like you know we're now like three four hours in and um i said you know i really need something for this pain i'm having a real real hard time right now and i the doctor was like okay yep uh, we're going to get you some morphine, be to, you know, to try to get ahead of this at this point, yeah, you know. That's what they use in hospitals. Right. Yeah. And um, she said, I'm just going to, I got to fax this over to the, you know, to the, the, the pharmacist, whatever. And meanwhile, the computers are still all down, you know. So, like, so that's why they were faxing it to a pharmacist. Right. Because that person is probably the one with the key. Exactly. That can actually get they what they need to. put stuff into the cart. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So. But a fax in the middle of the night, like uh, that's going to go very uh, Well, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, like in my mind, why don't you just walk it down to the pharmacy? You've got a pharmacy in house. Yeah. You know, like that's a thing for me at this point. And of course, I'm I'm in pain. So I'm like, but I, I managed to stay really, really nice. Yeah. I still, you know, keeping everything under control. And no pain medication. So an hour Ooh. later, I am at a ten. I'm like, I'm, I'm holding. You're doing better than I would have done. <sighs> when, when I have a kidney stone that's yeah. bad enough that I have to go to the ER. Yeah. I have no compunction walking out to the desk and puking on it. Oh wow. Because that's what happens to me when I get into that level of pain. Yeah. I start vomiting. Oh god. And let me tell you. I would walk out right to that and desk and have done it before and said, I need something for my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't vomit, unfortunately. So, oh, that's right. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, you're so lucky in some ways. In some in ways, some ways, yeah. not, I guess. Um, right? I, and, you know, I didn't even I didn't even get to that point where I was like, I, I don't even dry heat. I didn't even dry heat for that yeah. amount of pain. Um, and I think, it's like, for me, it was the type of pain. Well, I stopped breathing. Oh. And that's why I start vomiting. Because that makes sense. When I'm in that much pain, like my breathing is is really not in good shape. Yeah, because that's a lot of how I manage my chronic pain is yep. through breathing. Right. You know, um, I do take medication, but it's also through breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I so I and even talking about it, like I'm obviously getting excited and I'm getting like, oh my god, thinking about this. 
So I called the nurse an hour after I'd seen the doctor and they're like, okay, well, let me see your, let me get a hold of your nurse. And then it was another hour and I'm at a 10 and I have never, I, I don't feel like I've ever been at a 10 for any prolonged period of time. A spike, sure, absolutely. And I'm crying and I'm screaming and I, I didn't throw anything, but I'm stamping around and, and in my head, I still have enough of a, of an idea that looks like I'm trying to breathe to keep the pain in, in check. Um, but I know I need to get up and I need to move around and I need to like raise those endorphins and that adrenaline because I know that that will help kind of mitigate the pain or at wow. least kind of, you know. You're very good at thinking. If I, I'm at a 10, I'm not very good at right? thinking. Um, that's apparently like the ADHD brain, yeah, you right, know, that happens. Right? You Thank know? God for that. Yep. Um, and I eventually work myself over another hour or so, work myself into like a, uh, an exhausted stupor and I the pain just everything cut out the nerves cut out the pain cut out and i i slept for about a half an hour and the new nurse from the new shift comes in and when she did i lifted my my head and everything just started again and i screamed and swore at her yeah and turns out she went to the bathroom and cried (laughs) um not my, you know, not my, like, I, I mean, I care because I care about individual yeah, people, yeah. but I don't, I, at that point I was like, we're talking eight, nine hours and it's I, um, her employer's fault at that point. Yeah. That everything got that worse. I mean, that's, that's, that's really bad. Yeah. It was, that's I really bad. have never, and the reason why, so I have, I have the ch- choice to go to several different hospitals. Okay. And the reason why I went to this hospital is because I always get really good care there and they're usually very expedient. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't okay. generally have issues there. This was the worst experience I've had anywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, computers going down, you might as well turn around and walk out. I didn't realize that. Yeah. In my mind, like... If you can't run a hospital or at least get, like, fucking pain medication... That's why they have backup systems for everything. Apparently. And if those systems are the the things that broke, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... So she was really good and she she like she came back like 15 minutes later and she had morphine and she got it into me and I apologized and she yeah, was like Yeah, it doesn't you know, take much. I get it. Um that pain goes away. Morphine oh, does a good job. It was great. It was yeah. like almost instantaneous um yeah. which was which was amazing because and then I started crying cuz I'm like the, the all the tension is over, you know, at this point for the moment. Um, and so they admitted me and, um, I went up, you know, to whatever floor and, and, um, I, my doctor's name was Dr. Watson, yeah, <laughs> which I just, I had, right. I, I had to laugh at that point in time and, and luckily I wasn't in any, any pain. So because of the morphine, so I was able to laugh. Um, but they ended up, what they ended up doing is they ended up having to do surgery on my lip. Yeah. Um, so I had a, a six millimeter hole in my lip and um so it went in and then off to the left hand side so it's it's situated on the right side of my face and so it went in into the left hand side yeah um and they had to pack it and the whole nine yards and um gave me really good drugs um you know really good good pain medications comfortable yeah kept me comfortable and put me on a regimen so of um of antibiotics yeah because of the MRSA and um so I spent like three days there and uh it was it was good I mean it was it was it was okay I was I was luckily Eventually, I was, yeah. yeah I was not in pain and 
Um, what they found through the cultures, though, when they when they took their cultures um, and after the surgery and all that, what they found was that luckily. Um, so what MRSA is for anybody who doesn't know, it's it's maxicillin resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is a staph infection that is resistant to like penicillin, amoxicillin, all of those things. Right. Um, and is usually also resistant to like a lot of other kind of antibacteri- um, antibiotics. But I was lucky because this one was, as he put it, it's just barely MRSA. You know, yeah. it was just barely classified as MRSA. So instead of needing the IV antibiotics, they were able to send me home with an oral antibiotic. Good. Um, Good, yeah. Well, that's, I mean... If you're going to have MRSA, why not have one that's uh, less resistant? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so I I got lucky. I went to wound care. Um, I've been to wound care twice, and I'm healing really quickly, so that's good. I now just have it. It looks like just a little scab now. Um, I don't even see anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't even see anything. It's, uh, Unfortunately, your face heals very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've got one more wound care appointment just because he wants to make sure that yeah. it's where it's supposed to be. Um, but other than that, I get to yeah to be free and clear for however long. Um, Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, you just have to watch out for yep. any little nicks or scrapes. Right. And that's what it was. It was just, it was like, I was, I was just trimming like my little mustache area and yeah. uh, I had like a little pimple and I just ran the razor over it and, yeah. you know, it hurt for a day which i'm used to that happens you know and then it's fine yeah except for it wasn't fine <laughs> no you know the next morning no. it was like really not okay yeah no it just it takes just a little bit yeah yeah and uh so i but you know even thinking of the pain going back and even thinking for a moment of the pain like i i get a little thank like, god you can't remember pain i that's what they say yeah. Um, it is fading though. Like, and I did notice that. Like, like when you know when I. Well, get you can pain. remember the experience of pain. Oh, but you can't. No, I see what but you're you saying. You can't remember pain. The actual pain. And yes, no. Thank God for yeah. that. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, because that was. Yeah. That was a harrowing experience. Pain is a shitty thing. Yeah. Especially if you can't keep ahead of it. Yep. I went for probably at least three or four years barely being able to walk with a cane i remember that yeah and it just pain medication made it so i can walk fine yeah you know and it was just about keeping ahead of it yeah and not getting to that place where you're constantly you know at a seven or an eight yeah you know i uh i when we had our um one of my clients that i've had in the past um when they came to us, they were, they were taking, um, opiates for pain. And, um, you know, a couple of, of the people, a couple of the staff members were like, well, they're not in pain. I can tell when people are in pain and they're not in pain. (laughs) And I'm like, you don't understand. And I, I tried to explain to them because again, conceptually I get this. Um, but you know, that, that, yeah, they, it's not that they're addicted to these opiates. These opiates are, are literally keeping everything just at a manageable level for yeah. them, you know? Yeah. And, um, some people just, they don't get it. And yeah, I mean, I, I take pain medication Yeah, and I mean, I, I take prescription pain medication. Right. Yeah. And I live in the winter between a four and a five yeah and in the summer i can get down to like a one or two 
Yeah. You know, but in the winter, yeah, no. I I wake up with it. I fall asleep with it. But I can function because of the medication. Because of the medication. And because eventually your brain gets to be kind of, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's normal. it normalizes it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's not, it's not, it never gets okay, but it normalizes yeah. it. Yeah. No, you feel it. And that's why, like, the the memory thing comes in. Like, you you feel it all the time. Yeah. But it's not a collective feeling at all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, until it starts to progressively raise, like what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, then you are feeling it differently all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, when I got home, though, um, you know, I got home, I felt good for the most part, and I just wanted to sleep. Because, of course, yeah. you can't, you also can't sleep in the, in, in, in the, it's hard, in, yeah. in the hospital, because, like, Coming in and taking my vitals, coming in and, you know, uh, yeah. changing over my IVs, all of this stuff. So I went to sleep and then, then, and they had told me that I might experience a low grade fever, low grade fever. Well, I ended up with a low grade fever. And so I'm like, I'm monitoring it. And again, I'm up now every three or four hours. Turns out I had a touch of the flu. I had a, a very, a very yeah. light flu along with all of that stuff. Okay. And I was like, great, wonderful. So for three days I did nothing but sleep. Hey. <laughs> and... And, if it worked and monitor my my fever well, um, i'm glad you're feeling better i am i am feeling better and so now now on the other side of that this i i jumped into my first full week of regular work yeah um and uh thus far there there are two really cool things about it um one uh everybody has an animal <laughs> yeah you know, like all of my clients have animals so yeah. like that's kind of fun yeah um and I, i'm a huge animal person so that's really great um i uh <laughs> i went to go meet this person for the first time and they were like did your boss tell you about all the animals we have and i was like no but like i'm good with animals and like these are the cats okay cool this is this um oh and by the way we have a bearded dragon and i'm like oh that's cool and uh so we're getting to know each other because that's part of the job yeah and um and then they're like okay well i really i said you know we got to a point where we're kind of like stagnating i said so is there anything that i can help you with today you know because i've still got like an hour or two left yeah and they're like oh well i need to um i really need to clean the the this cage do you want to hold the bearded dragon i'm like yeah and without even <laughs> like i didn't even have my hands out yet and yeah. they're like they grabbed the bearded dragon threw them on my chest and 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 the she's the the bearded dragon's a female and she snuggled up and yeah so i got to play with the bearded dragon and continue to talk and it was just it was really cool but the other piece that i really am stoked about is my day doesn't begin until nine. Oh, most days so there you go the sun is up and has been for a little while by the time i actually have to get out of yeah bed. yeah sunrise is around seven right now right so and that's about the time my alarm goes off you know yeah. seven o'clock um so instead of the other job where i was up at like five o'clock in the morning five thirty, yeah. you know this has been um i found it a lot finding it's it like a hell sleeping in yeah sleeping in and a hell of a lot easier to wake up which has been yeah. really cool so awesome but awesome. yeah <laughs> You and I have had this conversation in the past, and I, I kind of thought that it would be a really good conversation to have um, here. And that's 
you know, with all of the the spirituality that we have out there and and all of these spiritual teachers that have been popping up over, you know, like for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, there are some major downfalls and some major issues with, you know, following a guru or, oh, you know, yeah. finding a guru. So the teacher, the teacher. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, at one point in time, like when we first started our podcast, um, you know, with Lori, that was one of the things that that we had to have a conversation as as a as a whole about you know not just talking about our teachers, but you know not also making sure not to call them gurus, you know, right. because that right. was something that that um, we've used a term that that gets used and kicked around a lot. There have been a couple of really good documentaries about gurus and how they really are just total scam artists. A lot of times, yeah, yeah, and and you know. All of the spiritual teachers, as I've looked, you know, through different paths and looked at my own evolution, you know, I will oftentimes connect with a teacher and it'll be good for a little while. And then eventually they move into a different direction. And I feel a lot of times that what ends up happening is this idea of themselves yeah. becomes so egocentric to them that they start to see themselves as the authority on all of these things. Do you know what I mean? I, I do, but I I wonder... Okay, so I think there are downsides for both ends of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wonder, like, how... It, if you start with a good message. Yeah. Because there are a lot of gurus start with a good message. Yes. So if you start with a good message and the idea of who you are becomes synonymous with that message, I think there's also a huge level of expectation to maintain that level of insightfulness yeah i think i mean it does absolutely feeds the ego feeds the bank account but i also i i wonder how many of them come across that way that you're talking about in an effort to maintain their persona that they've gotten into right right and that you know what i mean because some, sometimes the people following have like this this idea of who this guru is yeah and then sometimes you have the guru chasing that idea yep but it wasn't his idea it's his it's the projection of his followers idea you know what i mean yeah. like and i think it gets really murky sometimes because i I, I knew a woman um, who you knew as well, and she would just hop from guru to guru to guru to guru to guru. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they were always the best that knew everything and had all the knowledge and da-da-da-da-da. But they always eventually um, fell from grace in her eyes. Yeah. And, because they couldn't live up to those expectations well, that's eventually. The thing, yeah. Is that her expectations were so high that there was no room left for that person's humanity. Right. Or, you know, I mean, we all have to get up and wipe our ass in the morning. And that's the thing that I, I question sometimes is how much of that following is really dictating who that guru is. 
Right. Versus and, how much that guru is trying to either live up to that. Yeah. And at the same time, maintain their level of control slash power slash income. Right. In a lot of ways. So that's a good question. And, you know, I I think that there are, are people that fall into both sets of traps. Absolutely. Um. So... When I was when I was looking at this, because after we'd had that conversation, like, you know, this could be a really good conversation to have, you know, for the podcast. And I started looking into things. And there is a, a woman, um, Australian woman. Her name is Mary Garden. And she wrote a book called The Serpent Rising. Yeah. And uh, I I haven't read the book, but I will put it in the description. Uh, but she's done like a, a number of TED Talks. I've, I've watched a bunch of, of YouTube yeah. Uh, for of her talks and whatnot about this. And it documents her time, um, as well as a couple other friends of hers, time in India working with gurus. Okay. And uh one of the one of the things that, that she came across or one of the things that she was confronted with on a regular basis is these gurus in this you're talking about the humanity piece, like they would they would say, this is all teaching. You know, this is everything that I talk to you about, everything I do to you is teaching. And so then all of a sudden they'd be downright abusive. Oh, yeah. And and that that is also part of the teaching to see if you're worthy enough and, and whatnot. Um, in her experience, this is what she was experiencing. Well, and I think what you're talking about is a third category that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. And that's the, like, there are gurus who are just malevolent narcissists as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There, there are people that you following them is what's feeding them. Yeah. And they want to see how much they can do to you to make sure that you'll still follow them. Right. And that's where you get like a lot of sexual exploitation. You get a lot of financial exploitation. You know, I mean... Son of Sam, you know what I mean? Yep. He was a guru for those people. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there is that, that third type as well, for right. sure. So now, have you, because uh, I know that you, you've done a little bit of, of you know, teaching like and yeah. stuff like that. So have you ever come again, across people that, that all of a sudden think that you're a guru and like they're... Oh, it's 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 unfortunately been an ongoing... Yeah. Um, thing in my life and how yeah. do you deal with it like how do you um i i don't know oh don't know. <laughs> okay um <clears throat> basically what happens to me a lot of times is people hear i believe a level of authenticity mm -hmm. from me and then that gets a lot of times blown up into other things yeah um and then all of a sudden because they like that level of authenticity, it turns to, well, you're now, you know, this person. Yeah. But this person has a lot of things attached to it that I don't like and that I'm not. Yeah. So it instantly starts to create this nasty, like, friction of I am who I am. Like, that's the authenticity you like. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm doing everything the way you think it should be done. Right. Like, I think it's total bullshit when these people are out there like, you know, I I can do this. I can, you know, like, just I, I think a lot of that stuff's bullshit. A lot of the woo-woo stuff is bullshit. Yeah. But I also have an incredibly deep understanding of my own spirituality. Yeah. And 
my own relationship with that spirituality. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that pulls people in. Um, but I never live up to their expectations. Right. So for me, what that looks like is a lot of really close relationships that then disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to be tough. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. I mean, I I would love to just have like some authentic friends and not friends that are just getting what they need out of me. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, f- I feel very used a lot of times in yeah. those situations. Uh, the few times that I've had like that kind of thing happen, yeah. I just tend to ghost them. I'm the one who does the leaving. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're, you're, the, you're talking about your people kind of like go, well, fuck you. And they walk away. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and in the thing, I usually just end up ghosting them on my end. Yeah. Um, the people that have stayed with me in, in that respect, um, I am as part of who I am. I, I constantly, because I have to remind myself, you yeah. know what I mean? So I constantly have to remind them I'm human. Yeah. I'm not perfect, yeah. you know, and trust your own intuition and trust your own views and trust, you know, I mean, yes, if you want to learn something from me, I'll teach you whatever, you know, yeah. you think is cool that you, that you see me do or see me say or whatever. Yeah. But, but in the end, it, it's like my big thing is, to continue to remind them that they need to trust their own. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually just had this happen where uh, a person who's studying Reiki with me and, um, you know, they're, they're going through some stuff right now and they're like, well, I feel like my guides are telling me this and this is what I'm feeling, but I want your opinion. You don't need my opinion. And I, I flat out told them, I was like, you don't need my opinion. Yeah. You know, the whole point of my spending this time with you and and this this you know this teaching atmosphere that we have when we have that versus the friend atmosphere when we have that is to get you to understand that you know you're just listening to your inner voice you're listening to your stuff yeah and following it and that's how you develop it you know is is to learn to listen to it and then when it's right it's right when it's when it's not right then it's not right and figure out what that is um I think I think for me it it often gets too uncomfortable for the other person. Mm-hmm. So I think having an authentic relationship for me that closeness is part of that authentic relationship. You know, if you're being authentic with somebody, there's going to be genuine closeness there. Yeah. Um so I never feel like I have to run away from that like the ghosting thing. Yeah. I feel like that's what I'm looking for in a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think that level of authenticity becomes um, difficult to maintain for people. Yeah. You know, it feels good in the moment of like experiencing it a couple of times. But then when it becomes part of the norm, you know, or, or things come up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that authentic that authenticity is not always happiness right right and like that reality of that i think is where a lot of people in my experience with me just kind of run away yeah because all of a sudden they feel raw yep and not just authentic 
Right, right. You know I mean? Yeah, and that rawness is part of that authenticity, authenticity but yeah. but people aren't ready for that. I I ghost people, I generally ghost people that are, are in that space because for me, and this is part of that growing, we've talked about it a little bit. When I was younger, I wanted to be that guru. You yeah. know, I wanted to be that, that person oh, that yeah. was adored and adulated and so on and so forth. And as I've gotten older and moved into that, that really like freaks me out. It fills me with a lot of ick. So if I can't dissuade somebody from being that person or viewing me yeah. in that way, I, I I don't I I just yeah you're not ready to handle I, it. I'm not ready to handle it. So like I just like my friends aren't ready to handle right. a bad day. <laughs> right. <in> authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. I I think when it comes down to it, you know, and and. I know during COVID there was a, a, I got so many messages during when, when COVID hit from different people, friends of mine that, you know, walk spiritual paths and going, oh, you need to look at this guy. Well, watch this. Because like they, they started watching all of these videos because uh, they yeah. had all this time. So like, they're like, oh, I just discovered this new person, um, uh, this new spiritual teacher, this new guru. And they don't usually use the word guru, but you know, you need to watch this, you need to watch it, and I'll watch them for a little while, and I'm like, oh, this is a really good message. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I put an emphasis on that because I think that for me, growing up, I did have a teacher and I over idolized them. Yeah. You know. And yeah. that it took me a long fucking time to kind of get through that fucking shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And now it's all about the messages for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna track a, a guru or a teacher, but if well, some... it's so, it, and I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt no, you, it's fine. but it's so limiting. Well, that's what it is. You know, like what you're talking about is what, what, what reality is. Like, yeah. You can get messages and insight from people that, you know, and I know you talk all the time about how you have these three hour conversations with strangers, which again, right, yeah, I roll yeah. my eyes at because the thought of that is painful. To me. <laughs> right. But <laughs> the, the reality is, you know, I, I can go into a client's house yeah, and, you know, their floors covered in trash bags and shit. And they say something that rings to me about my life. Yeah. I've just, they've taught me something. Yeah. Like, there's no judgment about where that message comes from. Right. And if I'm not looking for it and not being available to feel it, because it's not coming from, you know, Mahatma Gandhi or whatever. Right. Like, I've what have I lost out on? Yeah. I've lost out on a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that that is the definitely. I love that. The, I love what you said there. You look for the messages. I do, I do, yeah. and and I I'm not sure when that started happening for me, but I started. I think after the first major teacher that I had, and and while struggling through that, I started you know getting messages, and I wanted to latch onto this other teacher, but then I I had realized the humanity of of my first teacher at that point or started to. Yeah. Um, I still struggled with that one because I was so attached. Yeah. But um, my, and I, when I say I was so attached, I want to say I was so attached to the ideal yeah. of who that person was. Which is, I, to be honest, yeah. is very typical. Yeah. The younger you are when you attach to a person like that. Oh, that makes the sense. The more magical your thinking is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you grow up, you have to realize 
And I mean, everybody does this. People do this with Mr. Rogers. Like, right. You have to realize that, yeah, this guy, he was an awesome neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. He let the black guy sit in the pool with him. Right. But he also fired 10 staff because they were gay. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's this, oh, there's this too. Like, and you have to, I think, as part of growing up, peel away that magical part of the person. Yeah. And that's a difficult process because yeah. you're having to rearrange in your reality the difference between reality and magic. Yeah. And that's hard. And it the younger is. you are when that happens, the more magical stuff you have to learn to pick out. Right. And say, yeah. okay, this is not it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it, that's that's a normal growing up thing. People just don't see it in the context we're talking about in it. Right. But yeah, I mean, everybody's got that uncle that was like the best guy in the world, yeah. or, you know, the, the whatever, <laughs> like, but in reality, like as an adult, I'm a 40 year old man sitting across from this guy who's like, you know, on 30 medications for his diabetes because yeah, he was the party animal. Yeah. He did do all this shit. He always had the big barbecue and the big meals right. and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but what does that look like in reality? You know what I mean? Right. And especially over time, like yeah. you said, you know, like, yeah. And you start to, you start to have that. And I think it's the same is true for gurus. Yeah. I think even for adults in the beginning, there's that magic to it. And if you take that magic away, what are you left with? Just yeah. another person. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And, I, and, and, you know, you're, as you're saying that, I, the other thing that I was thinking about is that, you know, we are hardwired in so many ways psychologically to want to, like, give up our own control. Yes. Yeah. So it's easy not only to fall into that magical thinking, but also to find someone who has at least the message that we were introduced to them with such a good message. You know, we're attracted to their message first and then just blindly follow them because... The psychological term for that is releasing your locus of control. I'm so glad you said that because I was like, I was trying to think of what it was. That's the word for it. And that is true. That is one of the things that all of our brains want to do yeah in some way or another is just say yes let's let this person be responsible for my life in that corner right yeah absolutely right and so I, I i see people do that and and people like i said people who have come to me to learn one thing and then decide do they want to continue with other things and they want me to tell them what to do with their lives I'm like that's not my job well and it's, <laughs> <You know>? it's <laughs> especially present in people who are neurodivergent because again, oh, yeah. you've got that willingness, that that preconditioned willingness of their brain to just say, yeah, I got this pounded into me so much when I was here that I'm used to that. So just, you know, you tell me what to do and I will pound that in until it works. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That So that makes more sense of why I had such a hard yeah. time with all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's easier to let go of that because you've had to so often in life yeah. to fit in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do know, like I said, as as I have progressed, you know, I started chasing messages and I started realizing it was individual messages 
because like the next person was, you know, it started out really good. And then I, I immediately saw, oh, this does not, this does not vibe with me. You know, <laughs> right, this right. guy is kind of an asshole. Right. Um, and that's not cool. You know, like, not like just like he's having an off day kind of asshole. Like he is yeah. really goes There's against some of my core beliefs. Wrong <laughs> right. <in his ethics. laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But, but this message down here was great, you know, yeah. and, and it's true. And then learning to reconcile that, you yeah. know, with the message can be really good without the person being a yeah. quote unquote good person all the way around. Or, you know, Absolutely. truthfully, it's because they're human. They yeah. have the good. They're side. on they have their the own dark journey. Side. Um, now what would you say, like, I, I'm curious as we're having this conversation, the other thing I thought of is what about like the gurus, quote unquote, or spiritual teachers that have like stood the test of time? Um, oh, like the Buddha, the Buddha Gandhi or and... like, even, yeah, like Gandhi or the yeah. more recently, um, like Ram Das was yeah, one Mother of them. Teresa. Mother Teresa. Yeah. yeah those yeah. type of people. I think that if they were less historical and more, what's the word? Like accessible. If they were less historical and more accessible. Yeah. I think we would see the same exact things. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I think that these people have been, um, authentic enough in their message to get it to be a larger message. Mm -hmm. And I think once you get to that point where it's a larger message, you just become the face of that message. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus like, what is your day to day life look like? Like right. what did, what did mother Teresa eat for breakfast every morning? Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure somebody knows. I'm sure it's written in some book somewhere. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's just these things like what pissed Mother Teresa off. Yeah. What was the type of wine she liked the best? You know what I mean? Like like we don't even conceptualize those types of things because they're more of like because a historical. That's not the message. That's right. the individual, and it gets lost at some point between the two. And yeah. I think that that's the ones that withstand the test of time is the ones that just become a face for a larger message. Okay, that makes sense. Does that make sense? That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Because you yeah. don't think, I mean, whoever talks about, you know, Gandhi's a good one because he was in prison. Right. Right, but he was in prison for uh, martyrdom reason, basically. Like, But he's a good one to look at because he talks a lot about his humanity. Yeah. A lot. Um, the Buddha's the same way. You know, the whole point of of the Buddhist teaching is to conform into a practice of becoming more one with yourself. Yeah. So that in and of itself is the is acceptance like of humanity and your yeah, own, your own yeah. flaws. So that's and kind things. of the practice. Right. Yeah. And the same thing's true for Gandhi, you know, is that's a lot of his practice is around that. Um, so I think you also have those types of gurus that are really just telling you to not listen to other people and to look right. for just the men. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're basically they're basically just telling you how to do this in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, and I think that's its own category as well, you know, because they're not the Buddha does not. He's not the teacher. He's not the God. You right. know what I mean? Like, and that's people think of Buddha as like the buddhist god and they don't realize a lot of times that he's the exact opposite of that right and you know his teaching is that you are god you are yeah. god as well as you are and you know yeah i mean like that's the teaching he was a teacher not a prophet right 
which are very different. I think when you get into that profit stuff, that's when you get more into like the, well, who's closer to God? Yeah. You know, versus like, how can you be closer to God? Yeah. And I think those are the ones that last is the how can you be closer to God yeah. versus I'm closer to God. Uh, but yeah, like everybody we, we kind of mentioned there, that has that is core to all of their yeah. messages is how do you become closer to the divine? How yeah. do you... Uh, develop that relationship and that that inward being your own yeah. you know yeah, yeah that's that's a really good I, i'm i'm glad i asked that question because I, yeah. I really it was something that just came up and i as we were talking and i'm i i think that that truthfully is is core to what i try to teach my students and right. definitely what i've learned along the way is that you know those messages and those people it's it's not about following those people it's really about hopefully they will teach me or at least redirect me to look inward, redirect me to understanding myself and that I am that human being. Yeah. You know? Um, Well, and I think the, the internet in this world has really helped with calling people out on that stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like how would, how would young mother Teresa have done in an internet world? You know what I mean? Right. Like would all of her little flaws have been put out there. You know what I mean? Or or like basically all of the current gurus, there's like internet shows about how they take advantage of people too. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's that. So you got to wonder how much of the ability to separate that person or just to let that person's face be that message yeah. even will exist anymore. So there is, because you've mentioned Mother Teresa a couple of times. And so there, there's a story um, that I grew up, you know, learning about with her and, um, the she was at an orphanage and this this one of her nuns asked her you know said you know we don't have any milk for the morning meal we mm-hmm. don't have any milk for the morning meal well how much milk do we need we need five cartons of the the powdered milk the you know the dehydrated milk and uh she's you know and, and mother Teresa apparently said something to the effect of you know don't worry god will provide you know it you know don't worry god will provide and that level of faith, you know, like we see this as this is Mother Teresa, that level of faith. But we don't think about is how the fuck did she get there? Right. You know, she had to develop that level of faith. Yeah. And as the story goes, that next morning, just before morning meal, somebody delivered, donated a case of powdered milk minus one. There are six in a case. They needed five. That's what they got. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But she was there. You know, whether it was in the moment, like we don't, we, we just see that personification. We don't see the, okay, I'm going to trust that it's going to be, you know, whatever, whatever is going on for her own processes. Right. And then also, like I said, how she got to that level of faith, you know, and that level of practice. And we don't see that with a lot of the gurus because we don't, we don't know them. But like you said, now all of these new people, yeah. you know, we get all of these, um, you know shows or i know that you and i had watched a show of, yeah. about one of the current ones that are yeah going around i mean there's like, there's all kinds of them out there right now. yeah and i love watching them because right i mean there's there's some weird freaking shit out there there really there is. is some weird shit out there that i don't i i just i can't even imagine like i just watched one recently about this um this couple that were all into like soulmates Twin yep. Flame. That was the call. That was the name of it. Twin Flame. Okay. 
and it was all about soulmates and like they got people to give them like their retirement funds their all this stuff and then all of a sudden they were the only one that could say who was a soulmate to who and it became like you had to be in the group to be a soulmate to this person so like all these you know guys are just joining the group so they can be hooked up with these women <laughs> it's just ridiculous oh my it god it is absolutely ridiculous and the whole time this couple is just like fundling money out of these people and screwing around with it like wow yeah yeah no there's there's all kinds of stuff out there i would highly recommend that that uh category of tv watching yeah now now, now i kind of want i mean yeah, like there's so, there's two of them for twin flame there's one on amazon and one on netflix i think okay yeah okay yeah. i have amazon so i'm gonna have to go look at that one now yeah no. i mean they do like watching them kind of makes me sick on a regular basis just because oh really yeah um or or they or they piss me off you know like one of those things it, like it fascinates me see this is the thing like i get i get looked at weird all kinds of times for this stuff like we were talking last night about how there's this urban myth that there's a school that's let a kid shit into a litter box like there's an urban myth about that what? that some school somewhere mm-hmm. let this kid who identified it as a cat shit in a litter box in their bathroom okay right it's it's an urban legend never happened there were people that will swear to god this happened yeah never happened so i was talking about this last night because it came up at it was my one of my kids and i was like that's not true i looked it up and showed it to him and they were like what would you do if you saw that and i'd be like and i said i would be fascinated well i mean yeah truthfully i can get i mean i would be fascinated i would be like i would have so many questions you know what i mean and it's the same thing when i watch these documentaries like i am fascinated at these people's ability to release everything in their brain and in their conscious thinking to these people and, and like create a I'm not, cult, you know, the cult basically, yeah. leaders are what they are. Like, I, I just, they're narcissists, they're whatever. Like, yeah. that, that is what it is. When I'm watching them, what I'm looking at is not them. I'm looking at the people that follow them. Oh, like, okay. How do you get that? Like, how do you follow something that blindly? Right. And I think that's part of why Buddhism rings so true for me is because I there's no religion that I feel like I can just follow blindly. Right. Like it it's just not out there. You know what I mean? I don't believe anyone knows what is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I just don't. I don't believe it. So like and that's the thing, is like I could never imagine looking at someone and being like Oh, you are going to tell me how to live my life. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I just, I cannot, I can't imagine it. Yeah. And it, it's that, so that it fascinates me to watch this stuff. Yeah. I, you know, you say that and I, I think I get angry because I get angry at the, at the guru or the, yeah, the whatever. Yeah. But on the other hand, on the other side of that, and we, when we watched that one one uh, episode or a set of episodes there i was the same way like i very fascinated yeah. with the people who who would do this and i'm like and i and back in the day i can see myself because i did it you know right. what i mean to a certain right. extent but like now i'm like why 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 no can't why would you yeah. still try to do this it's crazy you know it's crazy some of these people it's crazy like they're just they meet this person on the internet and then all of a sudden they're like paying them 
hundreds of thousands of dollars that they can't afford because they don't think they can find love on their own. Yeah. Like, you know, it's always taking advantage of one of those core needs. Yeah. You know, security, love, intimacy, finances. You know, it's always you're going to be more rich if you do this or you're going to have more love if you do this or you're going to feel more secure if you do this. You know, you just look at one of those five needs on Maslow's at the very bottom, pick one, and then become the god of it. I now have figured out my retirement plan. Apparently, I mean that—that's yeah. Why not? Right? Life or death, health or scalper. Like, you know what I mean? These these are all core needs that you're offering to fulfill for someone. Yeah, and it doesn't matter which one it is, as long as it's one of them. And it doesn't even matter that you can actually fulfill it because they think that you can and that's okay. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, that's the recipe for a guru. That's the recipe for a cult leader. Yeah. There's no real difference between the two of them. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, for me, I've, I've stated, like, for me, I follow the messages now. Yeah. You know, I find messages that resonate. And like you had said earlier, you know, they can be from a person I'm working with, yeah. you know, the, with shit and everything on the floor, or it can be from an actual spiritual leader, or it, can yeah. be, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I, when you're struck with a message, you're struck with a message. And, yeah. and I feel it to the core of my being. So um, that's what i now look for what do you do i would say the same same i love how you put it i really do yeah you know looking for those messages versus looking for a messenger hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u two go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment.squarespace.com you can also reach out to us directly at stumbling through enlightenment at gmail.com that's it for today have a great week